morning. Welcome to our home and happy ninth day of Christmas. Very Merry New Year. And we are so blessed to be in this new year with you. And even though this is recorded ahead of time, I hope the new year has already treated you well. And if you caught it, I said happy ninth day of Christmas. So for many of us, Christmas ends, um, the celebration ends on the 25th when we open gifts and are with family and remember the birth of the Christ child. Whereas in traditional, like across history, the 25th marks the start, end of the Advent season and the start of the Christmas season, which goes all the way up until January 5th. So the song, The 12 Days of Christmas, actually kicks off on the 25th ends on the January 5th so that we can celebrate Epiphany on January 6th. And I know that's not normally our tradition, uh, but this year I've been thinking a lot about Epiphany, the realization uh, that God had included outsiders in his rescue plan, in his redemption story, that Jesus came not just for the Jewish people, but for all people. And that is what we celebrate this coming January 6th. So this week, as I was preparing my message, I looked at two Christmas stories that happen after the birth of Jesus. And I invite you to join me. We're going to be looking in Luke chapter 2 and Matthew chapter 2. Both of these encounters happen, as I said, after Jesus' birth. And they put me in mind of three places we might be this new year. Let's start in Luke, uh, Luke chapter 2, and I'm starting from verse 25. Um, just to set up, uh, Jesus is being presented at the temple. So right after his birth, on the eighth day, being a Jewish family, they took baby Jesus to the temple to follow the Levitical law that Moses gave, that a baby should be offered, he should be circumcised, and then after... I believe it's 39 days, according to Leviticus 12, Mary needed to go and be purified and presented at the temple as well. So that's all outlined in verses 21 to 23. Um, lots of interesting things in there. You can read it on your own, but we are going to pick up. They are in the temple, and this is what we discover. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon, who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel. The Holy Spirit was upon him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all people, a light for the revelation to the Gentiles and for the glory of your people in Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against, so that the thoughts of many's hearts will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your own soul too. 
Simeon was a man of God, a man of devout practice. Um, different translations say he was a good man, a godly man. And he was waiting with anticipation. He was waiting on the Lord. Um, different translations use it. So this one, he was waiting for... Um, where was the words? <laughs> he was waiting for the con... Nope, sorry, I was a little... The consolation of Israel, for Israel to be comforted. NIV, um, that's the NIV. NLT, the New Living Translation says, he was a righteous and devout and eagerly awaiting the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. The message says he was a good man, a man who lived prayerfully expectancy for of the help for Israel. And I think my favorite's actually the New International Reader's Version. The New International Reader's Version is intended for young readers about a grade 1-2 reading level. And I love how they've translated. He was a good and godly man. He was waiting for God's promise to Israel to happen. So Simeon is not only a godly man. Scripture here tells us he was filled with the Holy Spirit. And all I can think of as I'm reading this and as I was uh, reflecting on it this week was how God has called us as a church to listen to him, to wait on him with expectation. God gave us a letter a few years ago. We've talked about that letter of how he has promised to fill us with the Holy Spirit that we are to wait on him. And earlier this fall, your church leadership, that included Pastor Thomas, myself, the staff, the board elders came together uh, for a day of prayer and listening, asking God, what would you like us to do now? And God called us to love, love our community, and to listen to him, to continue to wait on him. In this new year of 2022, if we are seeking God and the fulfillment of what he has promised to us as an individual community and North Granville Community Church, and even the bigger promise of his return, Waiting on the Lord is our invitation this year. And waiting in the same way that Simeon waited. Um, it's the same method in uh, Psalm 27, chapter, Psalm 27, verse 14. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. I am so encouraged by those words that it is a trusting in God. Um, Simeon was a man who listened to the Holy Spirit. S scripture tells us, if you caught it, um, the Holy Spirit was upon him. The Holy Spirit was upon him. It had re been revealed to him, promised to him, that he would see the Messiah. So now I want to draw our attention to verse 27. With all of this, this, this waiting on the Lord, we have been called to listen in the same way Simeon did. He was moved by the Spirit. He went to the temple courts. He had to be in tune with Christ's voice, the Holy Spirit's leading, to know it was time to go to the temple. He had no idea what was going to come about that day. It might have just been him going to witness something or him being called to the Lord to pray before him for Israel. He had no idea in his act of obedience by going what God was providing for him. It wasn't until he acted he went, that he encountered the family in the temple. And it was God's timing to bring about that promise. I think that's such an encouragement. 
for us who are seeking God this year, we are waiting on Him. I just want to pray for us right now for this part of um, this new year. Lord, as a people who are called by you to be filled with the Holy Spirit, may we wait on you as Simeon did. May we learn from him the act of listening and then moving with the Spirit. May that be our heart's cry, to be your people who wait on you, who listen to you, and then are moved by you to go. Amen. And there's more to this encounter with Simeon um, and Jesus in the temple, but that's where I want to leave it off and turn to Matthew. So we've looked at waiting. This coming year can be a year of waiting for us and listening. What else can we gain from the Christmas story? Looking at Matthew chapter 2, starting in verse 1. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. I want to stop right there. So this is happening after uh, Jesus being presented at the temple. We're going to know that from later in this verse. So every time we see our nativity with the shepherds and the wise men, that is something that we have uh, created or a picture that we've created that uh, doesn't quite follow historically what scripture tells us. Um, The shepherds came the night of his birth. The wise men came much, much later, um, months to even up to two years later. And here, here are these men, these wise men. Um, they are scholars. They are astronomers. Um, we don't know where they came from. Uh, there are a lot of extra stories of which areas these men have come from. And we don't know. Scripture doesn't, there's a couple things scripture doesn't tell us. We don't know how many people came. We know there were three gifts. Uh, But as I was explaining to the kids, they're like, how many people were there? I'm like, you know, we don't know. When my cousin got married earlier this year, my parents bought a gift and uh, Alex and I contributed, my sister contributed. We all signed the card together and they were given one gift, but it was from all of us. So that's five people. Um, These three gifts might be one gift per wise person, or it might mean that there was a whole entourage, 20, 40 people. Um, or maybe there was only two. We don't know. What we do know is that they, as I said, were scholars, wise people. Some people make a, a uh, suggestion that they were probably from uh, what we call Central Asia now, maybe even the country of Azerbaijan, because um, there was the growing faith of Zoroastrianism, and those uh, men of that faith would be watching the stars, anticipating um, a, a savior there. And so they were seeking. They were seeking and ready to move. Um, let me keep reading with the story. When King Herod had heard this, he was disturbed and all of Jerusalem with him. When he called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where their Christ was to be born. In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet had written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means the least of the rulers in Judah. For out of you will come a ruler 
who will be the shepherd of my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go, make careful search for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. When they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and of incense and of myrrh, and having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. So these outsiders are seeking. And it actually, I want to flip back to Luke for a second. Uh, Luke chapter 2. Um, if you caught something that Simeon said, um, in his praising of God, so Simeon is waiting. He is anticipating and listening to God. <laughs> and he is ex on a place of expectation of God's promise. When he encounters Christ, he praises God. There's worship happening when the wise men encounter Christ. There's worship happening when Simeon encounters Christ. And this is what he says in verse 32. A light for the revelation of Gentiles. This truth of Jesus is open to all, those who Jews would have considered outsiders. And here is the first example of that. These men, these wise men, these magi, are Gentiles. They have come from afar. They're going back to their own country. They're not part of Israel, but they are the first to receive Christ. They have come. They have worshipped him. And that's what we celebrate when we remember Epiphany, is that God is a God who calls not just the insiders, the people we expect, but the outsiders. It is the first inclination that you and I are a part of God's rescue mission. This is hope for us. If you are seeking today, God is working with you to, for you to find him. And if you have um, a loved one, a friend, a co-worker, a family member, even somebody who was part of uh, the faith who has walked away, this this story for me reminds me that God is moving. These men started because, well, we're going to read it. Um, Herod's going to get angry in the next part of the story, and he is going to act based on when the wise men tell him the star appeared. And it's up to two years. These men have been traveling. They've been on a journey to find the Christ for two years. And it gives me hope that when somebody is seeking, that God is moving before they even know that there is Jesus. He is moving with them during that time of seeking. And he is bringing and drawing men and women to him. Those who are far are invited to come in. So this year, uh, may we be people like Simeon who are waiting on the Lord, full of the Holy Spirit. May we pray for those who are seeking, and if we are in a place of seeking, 
May we continue with expectation. Let's continue the story for the last part. When the wise men had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said. Take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. So he got up, took the child and his mother during the night and left for Egypt, where he stayed until the death of Herod. And so fulfilled what the Lord had said through the prophet. Out of Egypt, I called my son. When Herod realized that he had been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious, and he gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem and its vicinity who were two years old and under, in accordance with the time he had learned from the Magi. Then what was said through the prophet Jeremiah was fulfilled. A voice is heard in Ramah, weeping and great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children, and refusing to be comforted because they were no more. The death of the innocent. It's hard to imagine that this is part of the Christmas story. How is this good news? Yes, Jesus was saved and protected, but why didn't God help What's going on in this? What kind of world is this? Um, about three years ago, maybe four now, uh, one when we had um, Sunday or Tuesday lunch with Liz, uh, and one of the youth accepted Christ. He was encouraging one of the other youth. And he was, he was, scripture was coming alive to him and he was reading it and finding so much truth and goodness in it. And God was opening his eyes to the scripture. So in an encouragement to his friend, he said, you should read, you should read the gospels, find out who Jesus is. And so, uh, this girl found a Bible and started reading and got to this story and called me in tears and said, what good news is this? I'm done with your book. I don't want anything to do with the mass murder of children. And it's a sobering thought. This is tragic. Um, and that might be the place you are in this new year. We've had reasons to grieve um, atrocities um, in the news. Maybe not even grieving to the extent of this this wrongness, but just grief, loss of a loved one, unspoken hurts, just even the continual stress and strain this last year has caused us. You might be in a place of numbness and hurt and wonder where is the good news? That might be you today. Uh, Christmas hasn't felt as cheery as it normally does. And that's the world in which Jesus was born. That's how he came to us. This story is troubling. Um, it's a tyrant king. Things I've just under, like learned about King Herod. Um, when we started the story, in verse 3, it says, When King Herod heard 
this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. And I always understood, even as a child, like, the king feels like he's going to be usurped. Uh, he wants to hold power. That made sense to me, but I never understood why Jerusalem, if they are waiting for the promised Messiah, um, shouldn't they be like Simeon, excited, uh, waiting on the Lord, praying, being filled with the Holy Spirit? Why are they disturbed? And then I came to learn more about King Herod. This man was evil. He is a megalomaniac. He is paranoid. Uh, Caesar Augustus even said of King Herod that it was safer to be a pig ready for slaughter than a son of King Herod because he offed any rival. Um, he was known for... Uh, wheedling out any insurrection and just murdering, um, executing those who spoke up against him. He was an evil man. Um, when he knew he was getting, like when he, it was told to him he was near death, he ordered that every town in his uh, kingship, kingdom, uh, every town leader, every village leader be rounded up and put in prison. And that on the day of his death, they were all to be executed so that he could guarantee there would be tears in Israel. And while the people were rounded up, uh, his guards did not actually go through with that command. It just goes to the heart of how, how fearful he was of losing control. And in a city where he reigned, um, when he was paranoid, it meant trouble and death for the city. So now, knowing all that about him, I understand why all Jerusalem was disturbed. They were fearful, not knowing how King Herod would react. Um, and we can see in this whole thing that Jesus came into a world that wasn't safe. It was one where kings and leaders abused power, where people who were innocent perish, uh, children suffer, and parents weep. It's a world of brokenness, a world of sin-loving. It's a world where wrong is announced as right, um, and where we feel people felt out of, out of power. as a cynic might say, it was the real world. And this is the world that God sent his son in. To be with those who grieve. To bring hope to those who are in darkness. To be light. Jesus came into the midst of blood and violence. A world in despair, a world that I had lost hope, a world needing a savior. And God's answer is to be in the midst of it. Jesus didn't come to a rich family. He came to a poor family who needed to rely on God for provision. And ultimately, these stories remind me that God is with us in our grief. God is with us in our seeking. God is with us in our waiting. The good news of all of this is that God is king over these situations. And he is 
with us in our grief, in our loneliness, in our seeking, in our waiting. And that is good news for this coming year, for all the unknowns ahead of us, for all the moments where we need to listen to the Holy Spirit in each individual moment, in all the places where we don't understand and ask God why. Jesus is here for these reasons and these moments. He has brought God's life and light to us. He is the one who is the promised one, the Messiah, who brings comfort. And that is where we put our hope this coming new year. So you, watching this, wherever you are in your relationship with Christ, He is here with you. If you are seeking, He invites you to know Him more. It starts with just having conversations with Him on your drive to work, in the car, in the shower, on a walk. Opening scripture, reading the story, and then doing what that young teen did, where when something troubles you, speaking to someone who knows the scripture and can help you in that journey. If you are waiting on the Lord, continue to wait with us. Wait and listen, asking God to reveal himself to you more this year. And if you are in a place of grief today, Jesus' heart grieves with you. He meets you where you're at. He sits with you in the silence and in the tears. And when you feel like you cannot, there is no comfort. He's just with you. Light in the darkness. Can I pray for us? Heavenly Father, we give you this year of 2022. Be us seeking or waiting or grieving. We know that you are moving in ways we see and ways we can't. So we invite you to just be with us. Help us to be patient when you call us to wait. Shine a light, shine a star for us when we are seeking and be with us when we are grieving. May this 2022 year be a year where we draw close to you as you draw close to us. Amen.